Welcome to Joint Effort with Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. This podcast covers the pain and injuries that are associated with muscles, ligaments, and joints. Welcome to Joint Effort. Uh, very excited for this episode. We have uh, head coach of Drake Football, Todd Stepsis, on with us today. So welcome, Todd. Thanks for having me on. You know, uh, I watched a few of the episodes before. <laughs> I feel I feel honored to, to dumb this thing down a little bit, all those physicians, man. So this will be fun. You're the first guy we're dumbing it down with. Good, I couldn't, good. I couldn't think of a better guy than a head football coach <laughs> to kind of uh, amp up the intensity a little bit, you know. Right. We'll so, do our best. Um, Todd and I, we don't really go way back. I've known you for about three years now yeah um and it's it's a funny story and uh we have a hipper release on this but um <laughs> i actually met your daughter in clinic oh yeah, uh, yeah. actually not in clinic in the hospital yeah in the right? hospital you where, were you, where were you at the time so the story is uh it's pretty wild so um it was back in 2018 is in this in the i guess may time and uh so we we uh every four or five years we take the team overseas to play a game but also to get credits for graduation to give them an experience that they're never going to forget and so uh we were actually in china with the team so we, yeah. we took them there for two weeks uh played a little football but then also um i don't know you know we got a chance to tour and see things we're on the great wall and, and whatnot and uh two days before i was supposed to come back uh you know we're at this we're at this meal it's called a hot pot you ever heard of a hot pot before what is it so you know they, they you sit in front of this is this a tradition boiling. over in it's, Yeah, China? apparently. Okay. I don't know. Um, it was the best meal I had. The rest of the meals were terrible. So <laughs> really? If you ever have to go to China, I don't recommend it. But okay. um, go to a hot pot place. Anyway, so you have this boiling pot of liquid, and you can have different bases, like a tomato base or a chicken base. Is this or whatever. at a restaurant? At a restaurant. Not? Okay. And then everything on the table is raw. And so you drop it in the hot pot you see this and you're like oh it looks good yeah it looks good You're a piece of meat bang and well when we sit down there's a thing of shrimp and they're moving the no. shrimp the shrimp are like moving oh. and one jumps off the table and then the reason i remember that is i'm filming the one moving yeah. with my phone and i turn and i see it jump off the table and then and then as i'm filming it my phone rings and it's my wife and so she calls me up and she said i think Addie broke her arm mm-hmm. i'm like no way it's like yeah she did and um, yeah, I, you know, so she was at a, a function um, with the Iowa Clinic. She was working at the Iowa Clinic yep. at the time, and every year they did a big fundraiser, and and uh, and every year it was a themed party. So you probably remember this. Um, so the theme that year was uh, Saturday Night Live, and yeah. so she was dressed she was in up, full garb. yeah, Mary Catherine Gallagher with the <laughs> uh, with the schoolgirl outfit. And I just so, at the time I honestly was like, this is just how she dresses. This, you know? I mean, this is just uh, how we do it right? at the steps' house. Yeah. So um so yeah so uh, you know I'm I'm in China. She takes um, Addie to to the hospital because yeah. you know she's at this function and her sister's over. And the side story behind it is her sister had promised Addie ice cream if she made it across the monkey bars. So of course you know she she pushed it a little probably too far. Oh, no. Fell off the monkey bars. Bang. Well she had her, a, elbow, her so. injury was 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 pretty severe. Um, and I did get a phone call from one of our our. Uh, uh, one of my colleagues was at the party. He's like, "Hey, a friend of mine's daughter, it's pretty bad." He's like, "I just saw the picture." He's like, "You know, are you on call, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Good luck." And then he's like, "I'm like, where are you?" He's like, "I'm at. I'm going back to the party." I'm like, okay, all right, no problem. Well, the funny thing is, that is Angie then is getting Facetimed by mm-hmm. her sister, and she's like, "Well, let me find a doc because you know, it's, yeah. there's, there's you know, hundreds of them." And so she shows, I can't remember who it was, she showed, and it, it, she said it was like two seconds. He looked at the, the phone and then yeah. put the phone down. I was like, 
they're good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we took care of that. Addie did really well. Um, and then I'm, I think it was the first post of it. Yeah. You were there. I meet you and I'm like, Hey, what, you know, what's going on? And, and, uh, and at the time it just happened to be coinciding. Like, you know, we're, we're forming this kind of group workout thing or whatever. And I'm sizing you up and I'm like, this dude looks like he'd be the most fit guy in the gym. I'm like, what do you do for a living? And he's like, Oh, I'm D coordinator for Drake. And then next time I see, you, I think it was four or five months later, you got the head coaching job. Yeah. Um, and now you're on year three, right? This fall. Yeah. It feel it feels like uh, I don't know. Does it feel longer or shorter? It it, it feels longer and shorter because you know, I I compare it a lot to, you know, a, a first year teacher. So like all of a sudden as a first year educator, you're creating all these lesson plans and you're getting this routine and and you know throughout the year August to May, you know, you've got this you know this plan that you're going to follow through, but then year two is so much better because you've been through it once before and man you know like you can use some of these lessons but plans no from last year your year two. no you know so like i was getting excited we got through our first year in 2019 we're heading into spring ball in uh in 2020 and then all of a sudden yeah we get sent home and the world stops the world just yeah went crazy so you were telling me um every day or every week three times a week everyone got COVID tested on the team yeah right? yeah once, once we got into season so you know kind of you know backtrack you know we got three practices spring ball in March and that's when they first sent us home and like we were kind of all of the school thought of oh this is gonna be over anytime right. and so you know we'll, we'll get back to school we may even get our last couple practices in or you know once we found out that wasn't gonna happen oh summer training will be fine and we're planning for travel and things like that and it just everything kept on getting pushed back mm -hmm. pushed back pushed back so um you know, we, we went through basically a spring season in the fall, but then we played this spring. And then once we were in season, the NCAA had a, a protocol that you had to follow. You had to test so many times per week once you were in season. So, um, you know, we started at the end of January was when we first began to prepare for our season. You know, it was a 12-week kind of thing. Well, it was six weeks leading into the season and then six weeks of playing. And once you got into that period, you had to test that the rule was three times a week. And so that's what we did. Well, I think a testament to the discipline of your staff and your players, you guys didn't have much of a problem getting through this spring. Is that correct? I mean, that's yeah, hundred percent correct. It, it was, uh, you know, whether it was us being diligent, I think part of that, it was and the reason. It's luck, right? Exactly. I mean, college kids. Well, I mean, it's you know, just, I was not, I was not about to have my kids stay home, <laughs> you know, right. like I was like, they're going to school. So, <laughs> I mean, I think everyone felt yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So like there was the risk really, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. from them, you know, bringing it from, from school to home and, and me getting it and then maybe exposing people. But, um, yeah, you know, the luck was there a little bit too, but I mean, yeah, we, you know, I think we, we did the math and you know, whether it was over 5,000, right around 5,000 tests that we, that we did. I mean, our loan positive was like the last week of the season right. so we went we went all the way to week six perfect timing there perfect yeah. timing and then really um you know his roommate obviously he had to miss the game because of the quarantine protocol but then you know the other guys that he was around um they all got they all got to play you know so um it was kind of neat to we actually pushed kickoff back an hour really to, to get those guys in the game and luckily for us the team we we're playing was was willing to do that yeah. and uh yeah, so really, I mean, it was the guy that tested positive and his, and his roommate were the ones that missed that game, and those only two guys that we missed due to COVID. That's not a bad I'll deal. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Just having football in the spring was kind of fun. Yeah, it really uh, was. You know, you know that, that's um, – Will you look back on this spring as a positive for the program? 100%. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, like, you know, if you look at our win-loss record, sheesh, you know, I, you know, it would be nice to win them all, and we didn't. And, 
you know, but if you think about like, man, very rarely, in fact, I don't know if it ever happens where maybe in some other sports where the, where the rosters are a little bit smaller, but, um, you never have the same team back the next year. Right. And so it's nice to see the roster that we played with, you know, in the spring from you know, March you, to April. Is that going to be 95% the same? Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, you know, we've got you know, all the guys that started, you know, um, you know, they're going to be back and, and ready yeah. to go. And you know, we, we graduated a, you know, a tight end that, that, that played quite a bit for us. Um, you know, had a touchdown catch in his last game and it was the only oh, touchdown catch of, of his career, which was pretty cool. And um, a couple other backups um, here or there that, um, you know, like, for example, you know, we had a backup quarterback who he's going to med school. So, like, you know, he's right. he's ready to start that part of it. And, yep. and that's, you know, the, the, the five guys that, that are leaving that was – they already have sure um, stuff lined up for for the summer. So you're, so. Ch you're chopping at the bits to get the fall. Oh, I mean, that's got to be yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 been it's funny because it goes by fast. Like you know, once you get in the summer and summer training starts, it really moves, and we'll be in training camp before I know it. But I'm really excited to get to the to that point because I mean, in reality, we're going into week six. Mm -hmm. You know, where in a normal year. That first game, starting over. It's it's it's, it's, it's card, game right? one. Yeah, yeah, it's game one, and you've got guys that have never played before. You have guys that, you know, are young and and, and very experienced. And, and now, I mean, you know, we've got a team full of, mm -hmm. you, know, it, you know, at the worst, they've got half a year under their belt. So right, it should be a pretty good, uh, pretty good thing. But there's still a lot of time between now and then, and there's a lot of time for either them to grow and get better as a team or them to screw it up. You know, and really in the summertime, that's it, it is kind of on there. I got to screw it up. <laughs> so, so a lot of people grow up and say, "Oh, I want to coach," you know, at the highest level or whatever. How did you know you actually make this happen to coach? Um, like, how did did you have a plan? Did this just happen? I mean, you loved playing football growing up, and then parlay that into a graduate assistant gig somewhere, and yeah. then from there it just snowballed. Or how how does this happen? I think every. The paths in this profession, I think, really vary a ton. Um, you know, for me, it was being around the game as a kid. My dad was a high school coach and a, and a college coach for 40 years, and so he had been around the game. And, and then, again, me growing up, you know, I had an older brother and younger brother, and we were always at football practice or we were always at the gym when dad was breaking film down or we were always at training camp setting up drills or filming practice or whatever right. it was. Um, you know, so we all had, you grew up around we, it. We grew up around it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, what's funny is I've got an older brother who's a physician in Indianapolis. So he got all these smart genes of the family where my younger brother and myself weren't, weren't coaching in, in education. And so, um, you know, I try, you know, I, I'm only a year behind my older brother, so I tried to follow him. And then it was one semester of chemistry and biology that said, yeah. nah, that's no, not, not for me. Give me X's and O's. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, you know, give me what I'm, I'm comfortable with and familiar with and, and what I've enjoyed growing up. So that's, you know, that, that was kind of how I, I knew I wanted to coach, but then really it was, I don't know, blind faith is what you would want to call it, but just taking the opportunities that they, as they present themselves and just making the most yeah. of them. So, you know, I, well, coaching is really a risk. I mean, there's no, yeah. when you become a doc, you know, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to have a job. Right. But coaching I mean, you're 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 risking yourself. You're investing in yourself, right? Because there's nothing guaranteed. And you're and you're counting on 18 to 22 year olds in the college game to to get it done for you. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's there's a little bit of risk there. But I mean, you know, you you learn quickly. There's you know there's you control the controllables and you embrace those and you try not to sweat the stuff that's out of your control. So 
you know, what we, what we do as a staff is we just try to emphasize like, Hey, we're going to do the best we can. And yeah, I mean, you know, that, that, you know, if it, if it works out great, if you can't, yeah, if you can't, and you know, if, if things don't work out and you know, we have to move on then you know, yeah. we'll, we'll have to figure it out as we get there. I think it's kind of interesting that you're like the second most intense person in your, in your household <laughs> because, uh, the few games we've been to since you started coaching, I bring the kids and, uh, I look over and your wife, Angie, she doesn't sit down. Stands the entire game. The whole game. And I think, honestly, she lives and dies with every play, too. Yeah. I can only imagine when you get home after, you know, a close win or, or, or a loss. I mean, is she, did she ever question, like, what were you thinking? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I think she's she's invested. Yeah. I, I love to see it, too. That's uh, that's <laughs> the great part about our relationship. And then, really, I think the key to a any, I guess, any, you know, any marriage, you know, any relationship, but in particular in the coaching profession, I mean, if, if, if the spouse isn't like that, it just becomes very difficult, you know, because again, like she's a, she's a single parent for a good part of the year. So whether it's while they're in season or whether we're traveling for recruiting or whether it's summer camps or whatever we're doing, man, you know, she's gotta be willing to, to, to handle things. And then again, like the fun of it, like, and, and how you get through those types of periods of time is, Man, to, to invest yourself and to be all in on the team, and 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 she's done that everywhere we've you know that we've been together, which is really now it's two schools. I mean, she's she's been like just like you see her. I mean, she yep. the it's wins are that that sweet, the losses are are that bitter. Um, right. You know, she's you know she and I both come from a tough love kind of family, so um, you know, like you know, she'll tell me to toughen up if if, if I'm sulking a little bit. <laughs> That's and, great. You know, she'll also knock me down a couple pedestals if, if, if I'm pumping my chest and my, my head gets a little too inflated. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she's into it. She loves it. And, you know, that – and then, I, again, I think it works because she's also invested in our players and she gets to know them on a personal level. And um, and when you get to know, especially the guys at Drake, I mean, you know, you could say this too about all the schools we that I've been at. When you get to know them at a personal level, like, it's hard not to fall in love with them and the, the root for them. And mm-hmm. so, you know, now, as you guys know, as you know, as – athletics fans you're going to root that much harder when you know that person i mean you may not know what's going on you may not be a fan of the sport but like you want that guy to do well and so that's that's i think that's where you see the passion come from her is that you know she she takes a personal interest in in the players as as people and then you know when they do well she it gets her that much more excited so let's talk about that a little bit because recruiting always interests me at, at, and especially in your spot, it's 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 a unique spot to be in, right? There's technically no scholarships, mm-hmm. uh, and you're basically forming a relationship with 18, 19 year old kids and saying, "Hey, you know, to their parents, trust me with your kid," you know. Um, so, you know, walk me through the whole recruiting thing. You strike me as a player's coach. Yeah. I know some coaches are just the managers, and they say you go do your thing and then there's some head coaches that have their fingers on everything you strike me as a guy who probably lets people do what they're best at but also kind of ha- is in the know on in a, just about everything yeah so how does recruiting work for you guys and, and what you're, you're in a living room with a family you know what do you what are you telling are you are you meeting with parents and stuff oh, yeah. like that yeah it's it's um it's and, and to be honest like i think you know when schools don't include those people so again when i say those people it can be parents it can be a, a mentor it can be whoever whoever that recruit listens to um if you don't include those people i think that's a big mistake and so you know one of the things that we really harp on is you know being a relationship-based program and not necessarily a process-based program so like you know now 
I say that, and yes, we do have a, a certain way we like to do things. You know, there's a, you know, in our opinion, there's a right way and a wrong, wrong way to a, attack a certain day and, and to have a certain mentality. But um, if you don't have a relationship with that player and that player's families or that per, player's loved ones, um, they're not going to play hard for you. Right. And they're not going to do everything you ask them to. And, and we understand, you know, the coach's role is really a great role because I can make your kid do something that maybe you can't. You know, like you tell your kid to make you know make his bed and brush his teeth, you're yeah. gonna get a lot of hums you and ever have Dads on the way out being like, just beat him up a little bit. You know, like, <laughs> some of them, yeah. Some those are becoming uh, a little bit uh, few and farther between. Um, yeah. But you know, at, at the most, at the end of the day, parents want you to treat their kids like like you know you treat your own, mm-hmm. and so that's that's always been our philosophy. And then what about? Uh, I would assume equally important is. As a relationship with some high school coaches and, and having inroads is that a pretty big deal uh, knowing high school coaches and having them trust you know because they take an interest in their players and they don't want to see their player you know uh, fail at the next level oh, yeah. so do you feel is that a big deal having pipelines you know that inroads in certain places and having coaches trust you huge i mean it like the the relationship with the head coach is or, or the high school coach it, it's it's probably one of the most important relationships that we'll have and we'll be able to build i mean you kind of hit on a few things you know you want you want that player to tr- or that coach to trust you to send his players to you and you want that, that coach to to have a little bit of bias to you mm-hmm. you know you want him to push his players to you mm-hmm. as opposed to being kind of yeah. hands off a little bit so you've got those two pieces but then the other two that I don't know if a lot of people think about is you want that coach to be able to shoot you straight you know because his job at the end of the day and we were talking about this earlier is his job is not only to win games for his high school but to push his kids to college so you know there's maybe some hesitation if if there's a character flaw or personality flaw that you know he may not tell everybody but if he trusts you and knows you and wants you to do well he'll tell you about that and 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 the other part too that that I I think is cool being a football nerd is that high school coaches are smart some of the smartest football coaches on planet and a lot of people think oh you know it's just high school you know there's college and pros and they're the best at what they do the unique thing about high school football is that your roster is what it is. Like you have these guys. Yeah. And so you have to figure out Do what you can with them. Yeah, exactly. Where I can recruit I mean, you know, we're a four three team, we're a multiple offense. We know what kind of tight end we want. We know what kind of corner we want. We know what we do as a system. We can recruit all those skills. Yeah. High school coach has what he has. And right. sometimes he has great talent, sometimes it's it's average talent. So those guys to are, are so creative and they're able to adapt and adjust and you know, and put their players in positions to where they can be successful and, and play confident. And so, like, selfishly, you have a great relationship with a high school coach, you can talk football with them and right. get some ideas too because those guys are really smart. Yeah, it's it's kind of a analogous situation with us as orthopedists. Like, we're really nothing without our referral base, you know, and primary care physicians trusting us to take care of patients. And sometimes they'll call you and they'll kind of give you an idea, you know, hey, this is – what I think's going on it may be something that you would have never even thought of and it kind of helps you you know so uh, collaboration is a huge deal right oh uh, man you can learn something from anybody and uh yeah I can imagine that's kind of a big deal for getting kids to trust trust you if the head coach of their team says hey I want you to play for Todd you know what's he going to do say you know no thanks I mean, <laughs> right if he's got a good relationship he's going to listen so. yeah I mean, you hit on it with your referral I mean like that that guy knows you do a good job he's going to send you that way you yep. know you know you, you got a track record of treating people the right way and, and success and surgeries then like i mean to me that that, that makes the job easy you know yep. like like for example i mean you look at our roster and 
you'll, you'll see, you know, at times multiple players from the same high school because we know how that coach operates his program. We know that those kids know how to work. We know they know how to win. They're, you know, they got a great tradition, yeah. and, and we've got this great relationship. Let's, let's continue to build You can start basing strategy. You know, they already have the skills that have been developed, and now you can build on that. So. Yeah. People don't people – don't, people underestimate that where – you know, our job as coaches when they get here from a football standpoint, you know, there's there's the big picture thing and creating a better human being you know, when they when right. they get here as opposed to when they leave. But then, you know, understanding that, okay, I can teach you how to take on this kind of block or make this kind of tackle or cover this guy this certain way. But um, the intangibles of work ethic and being a good teammate, like – that stuff takes time to learn if you don't know it. And you can get tangibles on film, right? But you can't get the intangibles. So you need you need uh, the, the parents and the, the family around them and the coaches to kind of give you the picture. And then you meet the kid too, right? But oh, yeah. it's, it's still hard. Sometimes you know that. Or you probably know, like, this kid's, this kid's got it, right? Oh, yeah. Then some kids probably surprise you. Because, yeah. I mean, how much time do you get to spend with them before they're on campus? Not a lot, right? Not, not a ton, but... Um, the other, I don't know if if many teams do this, but um, we get recruits around our team, you know. So we trust what, our team. What do you mean by that? So like for example, um, let's say uh, you know we're going to have a group of ten recruits come for a Friday Saturday, where they're, they're going to stay with our team overnight. Okay. Like we'll put the parents up in hotels and things like that, but they're going to stay with the team, and we're going to have some kind of team activity planned. So sometimes we'll go to like a, a Iowa Wild game. Sometimes we'll play broom ball or dodgeball or something mm-hmm. like that. And then dodgeball. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of <laughs> that fun. doesn't get intense, does it? No, right? no. But like our players, then will report back to us. Like this kid's a jerk. You know, right. we don't want this kid. And, and, and so, but then, like they know also that the only way we're going to win championships is that if we continue to recruit to replace mm-hmm. who we have. And so it's not like they're going to give us a bad recommendation because they're threatened. Like this guy's going to take my spot. Right. They, they, they want to enhance our culture so like and they uh, and similarly the recruit knows the culture too what to expect and yeah we so lay that out pretty pretty quick do like, you just because it's just different you know what i mean like being at drake is it's just it's different than a lot of places where you're going to get challenged all over the place like there's nowhere to hide academically are um, you i'm assuming you tie academics in quite a bit oh yeah yeah it's, uh, it's, i mean that's the, the degree is a big deal right yeah i mean you, you want to you know, it's it's an investment. You know, when you go to a place like Drake and, and you have to pay, I mean, you're not getting full ride money to, to go there and, and, and play. So, like, the investment, you know, it's it's got to equal something. And mm-hmm. so, you know, for us, you know, to be able to say, hey, you're going to have this experience playing football. And you're going to have this degree from Drake University. So when you combine those two things together, you're going to have a lot of opportunities that maybe somebody yeah. else wouldn't have. You're pretty so, well set up. Yeah, so, so making sure that, that they understand that both pieces work together. And the nice thing about our university is that, in reality, they do. Mm-hmm. You know, so the professors know. They know that this guy's a student athlete, this guy's a football player. So I might have to be a little flexible because he's got different obligations. And at the same time, we, we think the same way. You know, so when we have a, a pharmacy student or a health science student that might have to take a lab on a Tuesday afternoon, miss. yeah. yeah, and You're going to have to miss, and we'll figure out how to make yeah. it up. Like the kid is going to med school. Yeah. Like, you, you're probably proud of that. Oh, super proud guess, of that. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that all this brings me in my next question for you, like how do you take injuries as a coach? Like if you have a really strong relationship with a kid, I mean, how do you do you take it? Per, I mean, is it like does it just eat you up inside? I mean, when a kid goes down and it's a season-ending deal and he's your starting quarterback or whatever it may be, and you yeah. know him real well, I mean, how, how do you help get a kid through that? It's it's tough. 
I mean, it really is. I mean, it's just just because you. I mean, football is one of those those sports that's it's so different than everywhere else. Where like you only get so many opportunities to play, and so like in the now, now this year is a little different because we played in the spring. But nor, in a normal year, you know, you go through the winter, you don't play a game. You go through the spring, you don't play a game. You go through the summer, you don't play a game. In the fall, you got eleven games, mm-hmm. and so it's like you go through all of this time and all this effort and all these hours to play these. 11 games and you know maybe you make the playoffs and get a 12th 13th 14th 15th or whatever but you only got 11 guaranteed games and so when a guy gets hurt and you know it's going to affect him for not only that season but this season you know yeah. next it's it it's, it's tough you know like i think of you know i mean like for example you know we had that, that was the big fear this spring is that okay we're going to have you know the risk Did, of were you worried about more injuries I wasn't worried a quick, about a quicker start. I wasn't worried about more injuries. I was worried about an injury that was going to affect him now for a year in and a half. Fall. Yeah, exactly. For two seasons. Yeah, it, that's it a, really would. That's a unique consideration. It's, Normally, you think, okay, you get hurt in September, you got a full year until the next football season. But yeah. here, it's here you it's, get hurt in May or you, April, and your your season's done. So like that that because football is a it's a gladiator sport, man. Like you're going to get the bumps and bruises, and there are going to be injuries. Now we I th- we I. Personally, you know, that's one of the things that I've made a conscious effort and, you know, may, maybe to a point too far where we do things to limit injuries. We, we, we structure things a certain way to try to minimize the little things like the soft tissue stuff yeah, here and there. Tell me what you do for injury prevention. First of all, are you a believer that you can impact the amount of injuries the team has? 100%. Okay. I do. And tell me, what do you guys do in special at Drake uh, that, that you think leads to that? Yeah. So, so really, I think there's – when I think of injuries, I think of this is old school thinking now. Um, you got neck up and neck down. Okay. Okay. And so back Let, when, let's let's talk about extremity stuff now. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about head stuff later. Yeah. So neck down. So that you know, and that the old treatment when I was playing, and you know, we had this we had this old old doc uh, team doc in high school. He used to we used to do wind sprints, and he used to stand at the finish line with his pipe, and he'd smoke his pipe and yeah. blow his smoke at us as we're running through, and. <laughs> And his tree, I mean, I kid you not, you come off the sidelines, you complain of a headache, it was taking aspirin. And if you were complaining of something hurting, you didn't put some ice on it. And so <laughs> that was like, that was the yeah. two things, head up, you know, get, right. your, get your pain meds in, head down, ice it. So talking about extremity things, really, we're, we're going to do a bunch of things. Number one, um, we're going to do a lot of work on the front end. So um, you know, we do a lot of soft tissue, a lot of mobility, a lot of stretching, a lot of um those type of prehab exercises is your, your strength coordinator doing this stuff yeah he's the one that programs it then it's up to us as coaches to be diligent with it because you know you only have two three strength coaches and you have a group of 110 yep. guys doing it the, the position coaches have to make sure we're doing it the right way so whether this group's going over and under hurdles you know we got to make sure they're doing all our reps this group might be with uh you know with some rubber band stretching mm-hmm. maybe this group's on the foam rollers and the cross balls you know this group's with the activation sticks and that's one thing that what Active, what's yeah. an activation stick? Uh, it, it it feels a little Mr. Miyagi ish to it, okay. but um, I, a little backstory. Are you like catching a, like the red end of a? No, no this is something different. And okay. so um, so so uh, again, a little, little backstory behind it. Um, guy I played for my dad back in high school. A guy by the name of Cal Dietz. Uh, he's a head strength coach. Um, Olymp, not football, but other sports. At the University of Minnesota, mm-hmm. and he's considered one of the gurus of strength conditioning all over the country and and in the world. And so, um, you know, a lot of this programming we have um, through our strength staff is is through him. 
but then he started this other thing ah man's maybe maybe four years ago it's called rpr reflexive performance reset that's the name of it it feels like I'm, i'm advertising for it right now but um anyway it's it's going through a set of triggers in your body to help balance yourself and to get your body firing the right way and so you take these sticks and you just dig into different spots hmm. um well, you know before you start to work out to try to um you know like so for example you know when you're running if you're if your hamstrings are firing first you're going to probably pull a hamstring or if you, you know so if you have right. got a, a front to back imbalance so, so it's working on like sequence of events bingo and so there's a science behind the way you breathe and, and the different spots that you dig into that hopefully gets you to center and then mm-hmm. and then perform better. And my younger brother, who uh, he coaches high school football in, in Cleveland, Ohio, was also the head track coach. the The first year he started doing this, um, he went through uh, his whole year. He didn't have one single soft tissue injury. Wow, not one. So you think of sprinters and, and hurdlers, like not one hamstring, not one calf, not one anything. And so that's what got me interested in it. And then one of our players. His, uh, his mother's a physical therapist, so she showed us some technique with these sticks. So it's not just doing, not just sprinting or squatting, you know, a max rep. It's actually kind of thinking about what you're doing and the the action behind it, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And how the different, you know, chain of events take place. And yep. there's clearly a, a correct form and an incorrect form to almost everything. Yeah. Whatever it may be. Sure, sure. So so we'll, we'll do a lot, and you know, we'll, we'll do some station work, um, again, that has – the emphasis of a prehab like hey let's 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 do some things that are going to prevent some things down mm-hmm. the road um we'll do that before every practice um we'll spend time and then we'll also spend time after practice we kind of got away from it a little bit in the spring we're gonna bring it back in the fall of having a post-practice kind of similar period to where okay. guys can cool down guys can stretch out has has nutrition made its way to college sports like it should you know at the at the elite level you see these guys playing in their 40s Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, it's all nutrition. And the, the old adage is, you know, you can't outwork a bad diet. I'm a perfect example of that. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. a, a college kids, you think, oh, just get them the calories. And it's like they have a meal table and they got it. If you're a lineman, you had to eat 5,000 calories back in the day when I was in college. But it, is it now actually like are you looking in, at nutrition too or is it not quite there? Is it hard to is it hard to steer a college kid towards, you know, healthy decisions and what they eat? That's part of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, guys are going to have their pizza and beer. Like, that's just kind of kind of how it is when you're mm-hmm. 18 to 22 years old. So, um, you know, we, we spend more time on do you need to gain weight, maintain weight, or lose weight? And then okay. how do you do that? And then trying to give them, you know, some good choices and, and ways to do that. And then on a budget, too, because, you know, we don't have the elaborate training tables that, that the Iowas and the Iowa States have. So, you know, our guys are kind of on their own to – Okay, we're going to show you the way, but then you got to figure it out. Now we have pre-practice snacks, post-practice snacks, pre-lift, pro, you know, post-lift kind of things. Mm-hmm. To what are those things? Uh, I mean, a simple one would be it's just uh, two things of chocolate milk. You know, yep. so there's a cooler of chocolate milk. Grab two bottles, down those things right after you you lift. There's a great balance of carbohydrates, fats, and, and protein in there, and that that should fuel your muscles to then buy you time then to get a real meal in. So, sure. you know, stuff like that. And then the, the things you think about, so whether it's protein powders, whether it's, you know, we do a lot of work with, with high V, and so, you know, they, they make like energy ball, energy bites types of things. Um, you know, uh, Atlantic Bottling Company does a lot with, uh, you know, delivering Powerade and things like that to our players, you know, um, you know making sure that they, you know, because nutrition, hydration, they kind of work hand in hand. And, um, you know, you, you can't really have one without the other. And so, um, you know, we, we have – 
different things that they got to log. Okay, did you drink enough water today? Right. Did you, you know, what's your weight today? I Who mean, stays on them about that stuff? Man, strength, the managers? The, the strength staff, but then again, a lot of technology, um, you know, will give us reports. And so we'll be able to tell. Yeah. Like, now again, they could fib it, you know, because we're not there watching them drink a gallon right. of water. But, uh, yeah, nutrition's big. You know, and it's, it's what's interesting is well, back when I played, and, man, I can't believe how long ago it was now. It doesn't feel like it that long ago. But, I mean, we never talked about nutrition. We never talked about hydration. And the other part that's getting really hot right now is no one talked about rest, recovery, and sleep. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And mm-hmm. so, man, now that's that's part of, of what we have them track. How many hours of sleep did you get tonight? Did you get eight? And then that's not good enough. That was my next question yeah. um, because – you know, they talk about like pillars of health, like exercise, diet, sleep. There, there's kind of a, a groundswell a movement to say that, you know, sleep is the pillar that everything else stands upon, you know, and there's there's a lot of science behind that. So how the heck, how do you, how do you in, enforce a the, curfew on these kids? I mean, they're college kids, right? They want to, yeah. this is the time of their lives. And, and the circadian rhythm when you're 18, you want to stay up later. Yes. You don't want to go to bed at 9 p.m. You want to stay up till 1 and sleep till yeah. noon. Yeah. Right? So how do you, I mean, how the, do you even manage that? The only thing you can do is take what the information you just said. Okay, what what is a, you know, what is an 18 to 22 year old like? When is their optimum time for and performance? And work within that? And work within that. So like, so and, I, and I do. practice in at 7 in the morning? No. No. Now, now <laughs> would it be convenient? Heck yeah. There's no class conflicts. Like, you know, I mean. You go to a small school like Drake, and again, mm-hmm. a med student that's got to take a, an a, a lab in the afternoon or whatever has to miss a Tuesday. Well, how do you avoid that? You practice at six o'clock in the morning. Well, I know that that practice at six o'clock in the morning, though convenient and no one's going to miss, is it going to be at the level of intensity that I want? Probably not, because those kids, even though they know they've got practice at six, are they going to go to bed at nine o'clock at night? Right. Probably not. So what we do is, um, and I have our coaches kind of do the same thing. I don't. Make, um, our coaches, I, I say, you know, you're not in the office till nine o'clock in the morning. You know, now I you want might that be the only guy in, yeah. co- in coaching. Did, yeah, you, did you come up with this yourself, or did uh, someone impress upon you? No. Um, so the, the longer so you, you want do, them to get their kids off to school, wake up slow, you know, feel, and then come to work yeah. when they're ready, yeah. engaged. Yeah. I mean, we, we one of the things we talk about all the time is energy, and um, you know, you're you're responsible for the energy you bring to the room, bring to practice. So. You know, it's hard to have energy when you're in the office 16 hours a day. So, um, I, you know, again, the longer you do something like this, um, you start to meet people and you start to see people who have done it and talk to people who have done it. And um, too many times I heard this, the words, if I, you know, I'm making up for lost time or if I had to do it all over again, I would have spent more time to do this or that. So, um, you know, that, that's really rung true in my mind. So, um, yeah, nine o'clock is when we start our day as a, as a, as a staff and that's to provide us that has families, a morning time to spend with our kids, yeah. you know, that, you know, the ride to school sometimes is, is, you know, the best part of my day. If it's mm-hmm. a crummy practice and there's lots of problems at the office, like that yeah. ride to school is great. And, you know, so Addie and her crooked elbow, you yeah. know, and stuff. No, hey, man, it's not better. One handed round offs. <laughs> she's, she's doing front handsprings. Man, it's, it's great. <laughs> um, so that so sleep on game day, like the night before, these kids got to be so amped up. But how, I mean, how do you even get them to bed? I mean, well, are you, is it lights out at 10? Do you take them to hotel or are they sleeping in their dorm? No, nah, home games, they sleep in their dorm. Okay, they do. Um, but on the road, what we try to do is we try to feed them a lot of food. 
that night before. Like to try to get him in some food kind of food coma. Like it's like yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Give him some tryptophan or something. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So like you know, because again, the night, the night we always talk about the night before the night. So Thursday night is when you you got to try to to get a great night's sleep because Friday night's tough. You know? okay. So whether you're nervous about the game or maybe you're on the road and it's a a, a loud hotel or a crummy bed or whatever. Yeah. You can't you know you can't get to sleep. So we try to. Yeah, we give them a goal to be honest not necessarily a daily goal but a weekly goal so we're like hey you know what if you can get 50 hours of sleep a week you're gonna be okay and so that's seven hours plus an eight hour day in there mm-hmm. so yeah we feel like you can get that done and you know is that a nine and a ten somewhere and then a, a six and a five somewhere maybe you know because mm-hmm. we've got guys that i mean they've got all their classes they're working jobs sometimes too and and they're going to practice yeah, and looking so you know sometimes it's not easy to get anything more than five so yeah, no, I believe that. Yeah. Um, so along the lines of kind of injury prevention, a quick question for you, and I don't know. In the orthopedic literature, we kind of know that multi-sport athletes tend to be less injury prone than kids at an early age that focus on just one sport. Because whatever things develop habitually, they just become accentuated and then they become a problem. Do you ever look at that in recruiting? Uh, do you like to see that a kid – you know, a great football player is also running track or has other interests uh, outside of football. Is that important to you at all? I mean, do, do you think that has a role in, in, in performance or injury prevention? The, you never say never, but that's the preference. We want the multi-sport guy. Our best players from Iowa, for instance, were four-sport guys. Like, they, they, they played football in the fall and basketball in the winter and School soccer. School so small, they needed them for everything. They needed them for everything. I mean, so, like – you know, that that's what we prefer. I mean, that, that guy that, you know, he's a good enough athlete to do a, a ton of things. He's a competitor, like, I mean, that, that he wants to play a mm-hmm. sport, regardless of what it is, that says a little bit about his character and his, his tenacity and his drive. So, for me, this, the multi-sport guy is the preference. Okay. You know, I, I want an offensive lineman that also was a state champion wrestler, and I want the, the tight end that also was an all-state basketball player or – you know, the wide receiver that was a state champ, um, 110 hurdle guy, you know, yeah. like that, that stuff is just, is just as important to me than if he was an all state quarterback. And like, I, I want to see it. They can draw upon those experiences, you know, if they wrestled that, you know, they may have had some adversity that they didn't encounter on the football field, but maybe it helps them at some oh, point yeah. down the line. Right? Oh, I mean, the more you play, the more you fail. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, you wish you could win them all, but I mean, yeah, I just, it, that's the thing that I think that's frustrating nowadays it's because now, you know, I've got little kids that are kind of going through it a little bit where, you know, I want them to play everything. Like, you know, they're playing soccer and they're doing gymnastics and they're doing softball. What do you like watching the most, though? Gymnastics. You You're kidding me. I swear. I, now I, I'm biased. I'm so biased on gymnastics. And my wife would laugh her tail just off love if she was sitting there. I just, you know, so when I sit there, you know, so I'll take them to gymnastics um, and, I'll, and I'll sit there and watch them. And they work those girls' tails off for an hour. They're doing pull-ups. They're doing push-ups. They're doing seal walks. I mean, they're they're climbing ropes. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going all the way up to the ceiling of these of these of, of this complex and and just the foundation. Like they want to get into competitions or Olympians. I could care less. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I just hope that they continue to like it to where they do it an hour a week because just watching how much more coordinated they are than some of their peers. Right. I I think it's directly related to gymnastics yeah. and they know how to fall 
or they they know how to catch themselves before they fall and not off the monkey bars not off the monkey bars. <laughs> okay <I'm kidding. laughs> um, last last question it's twofold but and i know you're a really positive guy so you probably spin this in the best light but what what's the worst thing about being a head coach oh man let's see the worst thing about being a head coach man you know yeah, it's that's I never really thought about what the worst thing okay. is cuz there's 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 so many things well, that, that you can then, then let's go to, to what, get what to. is the absolute best thing. Oh man, just the, the, compared to when you're a D coordinator to now being the head coach, what is the what's the biggest perk the thing you enjoy the most about waking up every day being a head coach? Just 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 the opportunity to influence everybody. You know, so on defense you're really focused on your side of the ball and the coaches that you worked with and the 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 players that you you got a chance to to be around where now Man, I get to cross over both sides of the ball. I get to work with the program. I get to, to build it and, and challenge it the way I want to challenge it. And so just to be able to be around 110 guys and, and to be able to influence them in a positive way, to know that, you know, that, that they're that they they just you know, they they're they're ready to, to grow and they want you to to, to be there for them and you and they want you to push them and um, I don't know, just, just the opportunity to to have the type of impact that I know that a coach can have yeah. is by far the best part. You know, I, I went to a a wedding um, back in uh, you know is back May first, my birthday, and uh, it w- what was great it was it was a it was of a former player who I hadn't seen in like seven years, mm-hmm. and so you know here he is, and then he had invited a, a bunch of guys that were on that same defense that uh, you know from one, a couple of my last years at that school, and. I mean, my stomach and my face hurt so much from all the laughing that we right. had. And all the stories, very few of them had to do with something during the game. It was always some story off the field that got us yeah. laughing. So, like, there was one story. I, I was I was a big – I still am, so I don't know why I want to say I was. I am. I'm a big vitamin C guy. So I saw this. I know <laughs> for, you're – For this, what? I mean – This is going to take this like podcast we need, we go need, way down. We, way need, down. we need it for life, but other than that, like, I mean, are you talking like no, extra no. vitamin C? No, 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 no. Yeah, this about? is going to take this podcast <laughs> down a couple notches now because this has absolutely – this is going to make no sense. So I watched this documentary. Of course, that's where it all starts yep. usually. And it was, either, it was either Food Matters or Food Inc. I can't remember which one it was. And so they started talking about mega-dosing vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Like – you know, so if you start feeling sick, you're all take, you're all in. Take ten vitamin C right yeah. then, and so I started doing that. Yeah. And again, it's probably all mental. You've been sick since, have you? No, it's been crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's been absolutely crazy. And so, the crazy thing is, uh, so I, I made uh, one day. I'm, I'm in the defensive back meeting room, and we're all watching, uh, you know, tape, and they're, they're all coughing and sneezing, and I don't feel so good, coach. I'm like, everybody, get over here. Cause vitamin I had, C. I had a big thing of vitamin C. And so, like, I gave them all ten, and That's then great. and one kid passed out in the in the weight room, and they all were like, "It's because you gave them all that vitamin C." That's coach. hilarious. Like, had nothing to do with it. So, like, stuff like that, and you know, you thought you think about the wins and losses as a coach, and the big games, and the championships, and all that. But the great, the greatest part about coaching is just the people that you get to know right. and to watch them grow from eighteen to twenty-two years old, and then when you hear from them five years down the road, ten years down the road, and seeing what they're doing and then like and then then for them to give you some credit in that like mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's really humbling but then it also just is another affirmation it's like this is why you do what you do is yep. because you know that you played a small part of this of this guy's life and 
um, you know, he's better today than he would have been if he wasn't around. And no so, you know, it's just, yeah, it's You're cool. making me want to be a football coach right now. It, it's it yeah, it's like funny. A, a great gig. But that's my, my older brother says the same thing because, you know, yeah, he's he does his uh, emergency yeah. medicine well, stuff. Well, the grass and, is always greener, too. Oh, right? of course. That's but, what I tell him. That's what I tell him. Well, you, you've you put your stamp on Drake's program already, and this fall is going to be incredibly exciting with all these guys coming back. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on talking to us and – Maybe we can get a part two going here sometime in the fall or something. Oh yeah, so. any any time. This has been fun for me. I, I enjoy uh, I enjoy talking football, but I also enjoy talking about anything. You know, this is this has been great, and um, yeah, appreciate you and your friendship, man. This has you been got fun. it, bud. Absolutely. Thanks. Right. Thanks for listening to Joint Effort, a podcast from Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. If you have questions about this podcast and wish to schedule an appointment with the surgeon, call five one five. 224-1414 or visit dmos.com.